Hey True Crime Trucker fans, I have a special announcement. I'm giving away my True Crime Trucker podcast stickers for free. I've done away with my Patreon and have decided to give stickers out to anyone who would like them. All you have to do is reach out to me on social media. You can contact me through Facebook at the True Crime Truckers podcast group. You can send me an email at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Instagram at michael.prit81. Just send me a message with your shipping address, and I will mail you out a couple of stickers along with a thank you card at no cost to you. Welcome to the True Crime Truckers Podcast. This podcast deals with true crime and subjects such as rape, murder, and sexual assault. This podcast may not be suitable for younger listeners, so listener discretion is advised. True Crime Truckers podcast. I am joined once again by my wife, Amanda Gale. Hello. And this evening we are going to do part five on the Ted Bundy series. Uh, We're just going to have a little discussion. I'm going to ask her some questions uh, about Ted Bundy and the case. And uh, she might possibly ask me a couple questions, and this is just going to be a general discussion uh, about Ted Bundy. Um, A.K.A. as he is going to school me on Ted Bundy. Oh, no, not school you. I think uh, a lot of people know a lot about Ted Bundy. Um, But before we get started, uh, at the end of all of my podcasts, I normally come up with my own conclusions about the case, and so I want to kind of start this um, off with a little bit of uh, a synopsis about uh, Ted Bundy. Um, So Ted Bundy is what would be classified as a process killer, as opposed to, say, Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a product killer. Uh, The act of killing was what excited Bundy. Whereas, like, Dahmer was a product killer, he just wanted the bodies. Right. He wanted to have, a, basically, a sex zombie, and the murder was never really the uh, goal of what he was doing. Right. Or, like, a Dennis Nielsen. It's right. the same thing. Um, 
Bundy was also a sexual sadist, which is the worst category of serial killer. Uh, he got off on the torture of his victims, and so it's probably very likely that he kept them alive as long as possible to prolong their suffering, um, because that's what sexual sadists enjoy. Um, according to the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostics and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorder, 5th edition, or otherwise known as the DSM-5, mm -hmm. which in the future, uh, for you listeners, if you ever hear me say DSM-5, uh, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, Bundy is a Class 9 necrophile, known as a homicidal necrophiliac. Uh, necrosad or a necrosadist. Uh, these are people who murder someone in order to have sex with their victim. They're the worst class of oh. necrophiles. So that's just a, a brief synopsis on Ted Bundy as far as psychologically. So then we can get on to the meat of the subject. Okay, so my first question for you is... What do you think is the fascination with Ted Bundy? There are so many documentaries, so many movies, so many yeah. TV shows and everything that center around Ted Bundy. What do you think it is that's the fascination with Ted Bundy? I think because he was known as such like a charismatic guy. He was known as someone that was suave and kind of arrogant but mm -hmm. right he was someone that oh, anyone yeah. would know he was your neighbor he was your you know he was your high school crush he was just he was known as such this like charismatic personality and it's just so hard i think i think the, the harder it is for us to wrap our minds around why someone does the things that they do like this is because right. It's like no one could imagine why or how someone that is so suave and so charming could do the things that he did. And so normal. Right. Or so appear normal. apparently so normal. Right. Whereas, you know, no one's surprised when, you know, someone that fits other categories, you know, they'll say, oh, well, I saw that common they were like the crazed killer right they were they were always weird they always kept to themselves they always you know drew disturbing pictures they always and it's like okay well no one you know of course drop we, drop in any like mass shooter into the basically any mass shooter, anytime yeah. you see a photo of like you right. know and you're like oh yeah that dude looks like right when it's just like yeah. you know Whereas, with ted bundy it was just it was totally different and yeah. i think that's the fascination with with any serial killer or anyone that does something so heinous when they just appear to be smart and normal and charismatic and charming mm -hmm. and all these things, it's just so outside the realm of, of what we would think people like that are capable of. They're not the stereotypical, you right. know, whack job. Right. So that's why I think, not yeah. just with Ted Bundy, but why I think people are so fascinated with other people that are like right. that and other serial killers and other people that do horrible things. Right. They're but just I would so say that away. Ted Bundy, almost more than anybody else, is the one that everybody is, like, the most deeply fascinated with. And I think a lot of it might have to do with just how, like, like, he was a law student, he was very big into the Republican Party in Washington, 
uh, you yeah. know, and he was a, a, I mean, for the time, a very decent looking guy. Like, right. He wasn't an unattractive man. Well, I don't know. I would say that people are probably more fascinated with like Dahmer, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I think it's for a different reason. Yeah, uh, well, I it's was for a gonna, different reason. I, but I think people say are probably too, more fascinated think, with him. I think one of the other fascinations is that you know Bundy is the reason that we have the terminology in the popular zeitgeist of serial killer. Like that was not before Ted Bundy. That was not a commonly known term. You know, the FBI had coined it, you know, several years beforehand and stuff. But, like, the general public didn't know what a serial killer was. And Ted Bundy really was the one that brought that into the the forefront. That, like, oh, these people exist. Like, this is a thing. Like, and there's a category and there's a word for these type of people. Well, but isn't that also kind of somewhat around the time... When, um, I mean, that's when the media really started reporting a lot more things like this and like nationwide news was becoming much more. Well, uh, Bundy's murder trial was the first nationally televised. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, you know, well, no one with, with children, with child abductions, right? No one really worried about their kids being abducted until they started seeing it on TV and they're like, oh, yeah. this happens. You know, well, kind of the same thing to, at least in my mind, it's kind of the same thing because, you know, then people started being worried about their kids. Right. Yeah. Well, abductions are such a bad problem now. It's like, no, they, I mean, they were, they were a problem before you just didn't hear about them. Exactly. And I feel like it's not that it's worse nowadays. It's just that it's easier to find out. It's easy. You're hearing more about it. right? Right. And so I think that's kind of the same thing with him. I mean, there were people that were. Oh, of course. But it was just... There was the, the Zodiac. The news was totally there different. Was, right. You know, the news was totally different with this. Right. Whereas, you know, beforehand, maybe it wasn't so widespread. Mm-hmm. That's what I think, at least. Hold okay. I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I have absolutely nothing to back up anything that I'm saying. Well, that's... I'm not asking for clear-cut, yeah. like evidence that your point's right i'm just yeah. asking what your just, opinion is yeah it's just what i think i don't have anything to prove it i have no reason to think the way i do it just is <laughs> okay so then my second question for you is do you think that there are more victims than the 30 that he confessed to i don't know because he liked to i don't i would i don't know because didn't he he really liked to sort of control everything and everybody yeah and so he wanted acknowledgement for what he had done didn't he i mean not really he waited until the very very end like when his appeals were almost exhausted before he finally started admitting to what he had actually done right and, then, and at that point it was right. only to save his skin right and then he just used it he as was a, just trying i've to got use more it. information right, these yes. families will get closure exactly. if you keep me alive if you keep me alive and you don't kill me I don't then know. i'll give you more information on i don't know i think because that's right i have i had forgotten that I, I don't know i think since he used it as an attempt to um like you said like save his skin you mm-hmm. know he he probably exhausted um he probably exhausted all options. 
and he exhausted all of the people and, and telling all the stories. And I mean, I guess he could have just continued to lie and like make up more people mm-hmm. or whatever. But if he had something in his arsenal, I mean, I feel like he would have used it. And so I don't know if there, I don't think there's more. I don't know. I don't think there's more, I guess. Cause I had kind of forgotten you're right at the end. He was using it to buy him more time. But Bunny even said in his own words that he he made didn't really become proficient at killing until 1974, which is really when the first confirmed murder case of Anne Healy was was in '74. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like you don't just start off being a proficient killer. Yeah. That's something that you learn and you learn from your mistakes as you're going on. Um, so for him to say that like he wasn't proficient with it until 74, yet that's when we know of his, like we know for sure that he like had victims. It makes me feel like there probably are more than the 30. And because he was very controlling and very narcissistic, like to him, they were his possessions. When he killed them, he owned them. Like he, they were his. Their lives, where they were buried. I don't know. I mean, you're saying they were his possessions. Those were his things. So why wouldn't you know, quote unquote, things? But like, so then why, why wouldn't he have owned up to more? Unless there was something about he just wanted. It, Unless there's something about, like, the control of just the only things that he's known for. Like, he was doing it well. Like, well, he's be- saying, I, was, I wasn't I was proficient until 74. Huh. So, like, there's I something mean, about it, that arrogance. Like, Yeah, part of it could be narcissism. But why he wouldn't tell, you know, of the other ones. Because if you admit to it and you tell law enforcement about these other victims and stuff then they're no longer just yours alone and that knowledge and that secret is now not your own possession i mean because I guess, other people but know that i guess but that's i don't know i guess i don't understand that like if that was the case i don't understand that because for me i think someone like like ted bundy Yes, he he held back, but then he started, like, you know, telling everything and what he did, and it made him prolific, right? Everything that he was doing and the national attention and and all of that, that means nothing if other people don't know about it. Well, I mean, people people knew about some of the victims, and yes, he started telling, but only when it was getting close to the point where he was going to be executed did he finally admit to. So that was just for the sake of saving himself. It wasn't for notoriety. It wasn't yeah. for... It was just basically for self-preservation. Yeah. So, you know... He wouldn't admit to all of the victims. You just parcel yeah, out the information true. little by little to extend. But again, if that was his end game, is to extend further, why wouldn't he tell all the others? 
because they finally said that they weren't going to extend his time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, The governor of Florida was like, absolutely not. Like, your execution execution date is firm, and we are not going to allow you to, you know, barter bodies for more time. Yeah, that's true. So That's true. I don't know. I mean, because I guess if they're... you admit to all of what you've done, then you have no bargaining. Yeah, you, that's you, true. you, you know. And since they were, you know, saying that they weren't going to give him any more time, maybe he was just like, "Well, f you." Then you'll never find out about these ones, and these women are yeah. mine and mine alone. Right, and only I, I yeah. know where they're at. Exactly. Only I know that's true that I did this. You know. Yeah, that's true. So, so that rolls into my next question. Um, do you think he started killing before Linda Ann Healy in 1974? That's his first confirmed victim. Now, he assaulted a girl before that. Right. Yes. But his first... Ass- I remember seeing her on a documentary. Yeah, her, his first confirmed kill was, was Linda Ann Healy. Yeah, I mean, I think just, yeah, just from having that question just a few minutes ago, I mean, yeah, I think there were probably, there were probably more. I do, too. I, I don't, he was just too, too careful and too meticulous right off the bat, which I mean could have something to do with the fact that he was, you know, law pre-law school. and law yeah. school and stuff, but it was just, it just seems like there, it was too well thought out, too meticulous and, you know really no mistakes made in the very right. beginning right. for it to be you know his first yeah 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 i think there would be, i think there was more okay there were more was more mm. horrible grammar i think there were more yeah i think so too and i mean he probably grew up like killing animals and stuff too um yeah i'm <laughs> he more than grew up killing animals. more than likely there's there's not a lot of consensus on his behavior as a chi- as a child. I mean, there's some stories and stuff that are definitely like confirmed and known, but like a lot of the things that we know about Bundy's childhood come from Bundy and he would often change exactly the story depending on who he was talking right. to. Right. And then, you know, there was his mom, which I mean, she's also going to look at things from a very from a different perspective, skewed a different perspective, lens, right? Right. So you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I feel so bad for his mother. Yeah, just like speaking of his mother, I remember yeah. seeing her in the like in the, in the documentaries and stuff. And it's just so oh, yeah. it's she's just a, awful. She's a poor very, little thing. Yeah, she's a very. I mean, she's a victim. Yeah. Ugh. But I remember she's, just watching she's it just, and just she's feeling just so as bad much for her. of a victim as, uh, you know, as the family members <sighs> of the people that he murdered. Because yeah, it's you sad. know to have to 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 bear that you know responsibility for yep. the rest of your life that your child yep. was responsible for taking the lives of at yeah. least thirty people. Yeah, you know yeah. that's. Okay, so since you think that he was responsible for um, for murders before 1974, 
I wanted to ask you if you think Ted Bundy is responsible for the murder of Anne-Marie Burr. And now I'm, I'm going to give you basically the rundown of Anne-Marie Burr's oh, case. Yeah, I'm okay? looking at this too. So Anne-Marie Burr disappeared on August 31st, uh, 1957? 1961. 61. She was born in 52. Two. Yeah. Sorry, 61. Under mysterious circumstances from her home in the north end section of Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Burr's disappearance made national news headlines for years. At the time of Burr's disappearance, Bundy worked as a paperboy and delivered newspapers in the Burr's neighborhood with his paper delivery route crossing nearby the Burr's family home. He also had a great uncle, whom he often visited, who taught music at the University of Puget Sound, which was located several blocks from the family's home. Uh, Bundy would have crossed very near to the house where Burr disappeared as he had to pass 6th Avenue, uh, where the office manager for the route was. An unknown size 6 shoe imprint was found outside the window from which Burr was abducted, consistent with a teenage perpetrator. Uh, when, questioned Burr's, uh, when questioned in Burr's disappearance after he was incarcerated, Bundy told law enforcement that he wouldn't have hurt a little girl and denied involvement. Now, Bundy was 14 at the time. Right. And she was seven. Ugh. Um, or seven or eight. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, regardless. So, and his paper route was in her neighborhood when she came up missing. Uh, they, National Guard looked for her. They right. did searches and stuff. They, they, to this day, they've never recovered her, her remains or anything. Nobody knows what happened to her. Now, Bundy said he would never hurt a little girl, but Bundy was known to have killed two girls that were at least 12 years old when he was an adult. And so, her being seven or eight, I mean, she's a prepubescent girl. Well, that's what I was, that's what I whereas was Whereas a 12-year-old is, like, starting to develop. But at 14, when you're a young teenager yourself, I don't think it's so much about, like, type of victim more opportunity so mm. you know it's not like a preference of victim it's just more the fact that she's younger she's smaller and it's an opportunistic thing whereas at the older that you get you, you start to i don't know pick up I think, preferences i feel as to like especially if he was using the people that he had killed as a bargaining chip i would think that would be one you'd want to play you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that could be a pretty heavy one. But being incarcerated on death row in Florida, what are the worst type of people in prison? Yeah, what are the but... worst of the worst? Yeah, I know. But he would have a target on his back the minute that he told people that he had killed a child. I know. But what I'm saying is if he's using the information that he and he alone has and he's trying to control the situation, which is very much what he was trying to do. Why would you not play one of, I mean, why would you not play one of your biggest chips? Try to get them to agree to something or, you know. Because then you're going to have to worry about the other inmates trying to kill you. That's what I'm saying, though. He could have been, you know, he could have used it like, I've got something big I want to tell you. Like, you know, I, I want I want your word. I'll be in solitary until my date, like whatever. But if he's trying to control the situation, why wouldn't you pull out one of your biggest chips? 
as a last attempt to hold on to that control and to get what you want. And I mean, he was already, he already killed kids. He was already killing a 12 year old. He already killed a 12 year old. Yeah. But... So I don't think, and I don't think inmates really look at it differently. A 12 year old's a kid. So he would have been no more, he would have had no more of a mark on his back than he already had. I mean, maybe it would have been worse, but again, if he's trying to hold on to control, which he was, why would you not pull out, like, like save that chip to last? Like, all right, you're telling me that my date is sealed. What if I tell you this? I mean, to at least try. Not to say it would have worked, but I don't know. I just, I think if he outright said I didn't have anything to do with it, and then he could have used it to control the situation and to control his fate... I don't know. I don't, I don't really think so. See, I tend to differ on that. I think that that's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're talking about, well, he could ask him to be put in solitary. He's on death row. Death row is solitary. They're not part of gen pop, but you can still be gotten in death row. It happens. People are murdered by other prisoners in death row. Like like I said, he'd already murdered kids. Other inmates are already... You know, they can get to you if they need to get to you. Yeah. And the other thing that I think that it is, is that it's, and you see this with a lot of serial killers and stuff, there are certain aspects of their crimes that they don't want to admit to because of the the social stigma of it. Like, they don't really have any uh, feelings either way about what they did. Like, it took Bundy forever to admit that he you know, engaged in necrophilia with the bodies and stuff. Like, he would not admit to the fact that he... And it wasn't until close to the very end that he finally admitted that, like... Because it's just the social stigma of necrophilia. It's, you know, it's so taboo. And I think that maybe a lot of, you know... You know, that it might have something to do with that. However, I don't think that he murdered her either. But it's for a completely different reason. He was 14 at the time. And it was a national case when she disappeared. Like, it made national headlines and stuff. They had the National Guard out looking for her. And they never found a trace of her. Now, he's 14. He didn't have a car. No way to transport a body. And he's not... At 14, you're not going to be proficient on getting rid of evidence or hiding bodies and stuff. So I would think that if he would have done that, then that they probably would have very easily been able to find her body because he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have known how to hide or discard of it and he would have no way to transport it. Right. So it would have been located somewhere near her home. Right. And since they've never found her in over 50 years at this point, not a hide or hair of what happened to her, uh, I just, I don't think that it's very likely that a 14-year-old Ted Bundy would have been able to do something like that and get away with it without there being a trace of this girl. Yeah, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. I just, I don't think he did it. I I think if he would have done it, they would have found her fairly quickly. And it wouldn't have been that far from her home. Right. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think he did it. So, I mean 
Because it would have been one of those crimes where he would have, like, lured her into the woods near her home and then did, you know, and then ran off after, Yeah. you know. I mean, a 14-year-old kid is not going to be the best at, like, cleaning up a crime scene. It's right. just not, no. you know. The, he would have immediately panicked and made mistakes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't I, think he did it. I, I, I'm not convinced that he he would have had anything to do with that case. So, homicidal tendencies were nature or nurture i don't know i tend to think both okay because i don't think nature or nurture just are exclusive right. of one another so i think it's both i think it's both i think it might be more nurture than nature um with serial killers i mean the the vast majority of them normally end up having frontal lobe damage right which, you know, is impulse control and emotions right. and stuff like that. There's no there's no evidence out there to show that Bundy had any frontal lobe damage. Um, yeah. I, even when they did his autopsy, I don't think that they, they noted any kind of um, damage to his frontal lobe and everything. So I don't think that there was anything wrong with him mentally. I mean, obviously, from what family members have said and things like that, his grandfather, whom he lived with for, you know, years, his grandfather and grandmother, his grandfather was very abusive to, you know, his grandmother, his aunt, his mom, uh, was abusive to animals, um, and it might be one of those things where, I mean, he just, you know, mimicked what he saw, basically. Yeah, but I don't think... You know, but I, I still think that that's just, that's a little bit more exclusive than I think mm. that it happens. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of external factors that can oh, cause absolutely. a flip to switch. Yeah. I don't a think switch to flip, not a flip to switch. Yeah. A, a, <laughs> I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any formula for how to determine no. whether or not somebody is going to turn out to be a serial killer because... People live in those kind of family units and those relationships all the time that don't end up going out and exactly. And that's what I'm saying. It's like people. I I think I tend to be more of a um, more of a nature advocate, and so I think you know there had to have been something underlying something that was flipped when he you know and may, and maybe it's because of those things right. But I, I think it's more. I think you can, if you have less external nurture type of things coming in, but you don't have that nature, I think it's less likely for that, that's that, that to be flipped, mm -hmm. even if it's more, because mm -hmm. it's just not ingrained in who you are. There's not, it's just not in your nature. There's some, you know, 
but then there's individuals that it doesn't take as much. I mean, so I, right. I just tend to be more of a nature type of person anyway. And I think with Bundy, I think he was just, that's just part of who he was. Right. And the, the things okay. in his world are what caused him to be what he was. Right. Okay. So to tr- sort of um, expand on that, do you think that there are some people out there that are just born evil? That it's just, it, there's just something that we, as far as, like, you know, our medical yeah. knowledge, like, that we just, just don't understand. There's just some things we can't explain. There's just <clears throat> some things that we just can't explain, right. and maybe do you, so. Do you think that, like, and I don't mean, like, evil in the sense of, like, oh, you know, uh, uh, like, in the religious con- constructs, but more just the fact of, like, there's something that we don't yet understand that some people just have a predilection yeah, and that it so. ha- doesn't have anything to do with nature or nurture. It's just genetically ingrained in these people and it's not something that we can understand yet. I mean, I, yeah, I think so. I don't know if you want to say that genetics are really anything. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just nature, saying like but... there's, there's, some factor that we don't yet understand right. as a society. Oh, yeah, that, I think so. That, like, people are born with that just makes them this way. Yeah, I think so. I I, I mean, because I, I just, I can't say yes or no, obviously, but I think there's just so many things that we still just don't understand. And, I mean, yeah, I think there are just people that, you know, I mean, maybe so. Because at the end of, at the end of all of it, we're animals. Mm-hmm. At the end of all of it, I mean, when you just strip it all away, like, we're we're animals. And, you know, there's probably a reason behind it, but we just don't understand what it is yet. Right. So, uh, with talking about uh, Bundy's um, family life, how probable do you think that Bundy's birth was a product of incest? Because when he was growing up, he was Wasn't told his mom... he was told that his mom was his sister and that his grandparents were his parents, because she gave birth when, when she was, was unwed. Yeah, and so you know, back then in the in the forties and stuff, it wasn't you know. And the grandfather was like abusive, and, and the stuff. grandfather was abusive, and there was always rumors that because nobody really knows who Ted Bundy's biological father was. Right. There, I mean, his mother uh, has said a couple different... Can I please pull his genetics up and, like, put him in the genealogy system? You know what I mean? Like, what's it called? That'd be... What, GenMatch? GenMatch, yeah. Whatever. I mean, you... It would take a lot of... Well, no, you can't. He was cremated. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Unless he had some sort of surgery where they kept... Right. Uh, some material and it's preserved. No. I would assume they probably would have preserved something from him. Maybe. During his autopsy. Maybe, knows? maybe not. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would say it's likely because, you know, we do know that products of incest are more likely to have, you know, issues. But even that usually is something that just doesn't, it's less likely to just show up with one degree of incest. Right. You know, so I but mean, but being uh, so close of a, I mean, I mean father to daughter, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I just I feel like I do know that you know with gen- multi generally multi generational incest, there's more likely to be an increase in 
you know, mm-hmm. um, exactly. in issues, but for it, I don't know. I mean, but also if his mom had this really rough life, you know, she could have just been searching for someone else to care for her or comfort for her, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, well, eventually <sighs> she married and his, you know, exactly. he took his stepdad's last Exactly. Name, and so. that's what I'm saying. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I would say maybe not, but again, I don't really have any reason for thinking that. I'm just saying I don't. And if it did, if it was that, you know, that could be why he looked exactly like his mom. Mm. Wonder what his grandfather looked like. Uh, hard to tell. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's that's yeah, that's kind of hard to answer. I mean, his mom was. I feel like it is too. But. (sighs) Yeah, but it's physical abuse, and you can't. Just because somebody's physically, physically abused abusive. doesn't mean that they're sexually abused right. or sexually abusive. Right. So, it, I mean, to me, it's, it makes for a more interesting tale to tell. It makes for tell. a more interesting, but also we're always looking for a reason of why he was the way he was. Yeah. And so anything is going to sound right. appealing to be able to justify. Exactly. Or not justify, but explain. Right. Like why he was the way he was. I don't. I don't buy it. I, I don't. Think I don't so. think I do, really. I think it was just you know his mom met some guy and yeah you know it happened all the time back then. This was you know before the right before the the advent of the pill. Yeah. You know so and uh, condoms weren't as readily available nor as you know widely used. I mean yeah. people didn't. Yeah. That wasn't a thing back then, so, you know. Yeah. And it's not like teenagers didn't have the raging hormones that they have today, you know, yeah. 70 years ago, yeah. you know. So, I think that it, yeah, like I said, it, it makes for a, a very interesting tale to tell. Yeah. But I, I highly doubt that. Yeah. The final question that I have for you is, do you believe that Ted Bundy should have been put to death. Are you seriously going to have me explain this on your podcast? I mean, do you think he should have been put to death? Do you think they should have kept him alive to study him and try to gain a better understanding or grasp of... I mean, he spent nine years in prison before he was finally executed. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an advocate for the death penalty, period. So, just based on that, I mean, I guess I would say... No, but if I was to try to think of what could have been done, you know, if he was alive, I I don't know. I really don't know because, I mean, he's also not a lab rat, you know, like. No, that's true. I don't know. Like I said, I, I just, I don't, you know, I don't think that anyone necessarily should be put to death. But, you know, at the same time, like, what was the, what is there to learn from him? I mean. Obviously, yes, he can. They could do thing, things to study him, and you know, counseling to try to understand. And actually, but I mean, he's not a like I said, he's not a lab rat. Like, actually, they learned quite a bit from. No, him. I know, I know, they learned quite a bit from him. I'm just well, saying, I was... like, I, I know, I'm just saying, like, I know, I know, they learned a lot from him, but I don't know. I, I, I was trying to specifically say that they learned a lot from him when. Uh, uh, Detective Keppel from uh, Seattle came to him when he told uh, the Seattle police that he would help them with their investigation 
into the Green River Killer because at the time they were hunting the yeah. Green River. And a lot of the things that Ted Bundy told them from his own personal, like what he did, uh, mirrored exactly what Gary Ridgway was doing. Where like he would put the bodies in clusters. He would go back and visit the bodies. He would, you know, all yeah. of these things that that Ted Bundy was like, listen, like, this is what I would do. Like, this is... Right, because that's a mind that not anyone, just right. anyone has. Yeah, so he was able to give them insight. Right. I mean, that's of true. course, it took them another, you know, 30 years until they caught Ridgeway. Yeah. But, like, when they caught him and interviewed him, he was like, yeah, these were things that I was doing. Like, yeah. that Bundy was absolutely correct in what he was telling the detectives. So he was giving them insight into, like, how the minds of serial killers actually work. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I guess there's some sort of, you know, use for him going forward, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say no, just because I don't, I don't really buy into the death penalty largely anyway, but. Um, and I understand that, and a lot of people don't. Right. Um. My and feeling, there is something to be learned. There is something to be learned there. My feeling on it is is that it is known that there have been, you know, people that have been executed by the states that were absolutely innocent of the crime and was found out mm -hmm. later. And that's absolutely horrible and these are terrible things. And I think we use the death penalty too liberally in the United States, uh, certain states and stuff are just way too, and we hand out the sentence of death too liberally for certain cases, but Ted Bundy escaped prison twice. Yeah. And when he escaped the second time, he murdered three more three people. More, yeah. Some people have to be put down because there is always a chance that they can get out. And if they do, and they kill again, like, th those people can't be allowed to be alive anymore. Simply because they're too dangerous. Now, I agree that, like, we use the death penalty too easily in this country. Like, it needs to be reserved for the worst of the worst of the worst people. And, you know, they definitely need to have their appeals... And stuff and be able to like you know because we need to do everything that we can to keep innocent people from being executed but some people you just can't leave them alive even if they're locked up just because the case the 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 idea that they might be able to get out and then put other people in danger yeah i mean i guess that's that's probably i mean i'm sure a lot of people have that argument yeah there's a good um um, there's a good story about um, when The Silence of the Lambs was being filmed, the um, actor, I can't remember his name, that played um, Will Greer, yeah. who is the FBI director that sounds right. Cleary Starling, he was a staunch opponent of the death penalty. And for his role, he went to um, Quantico, and stuff to study up on, like, and he went and saw John Douglas. John Douglas is who they based right, that character off. Yeah. He's also um, who they based the character of um, 
I can't remember what his first name is, but the last name Ford in uh in Mindhunter, the Netflix series. Um, he yeah. is the guy that started the behavioral science unit in the right. FBI. Right. Um, you know, he's like the guy that right. started. So, uh, you know, he told him that he was against the death penalty. And so he played a audio tape from these two serial killers who were called the toolbox killers that they went around California and killed uh, teenage girls, and they were trying to get one of each age, from 13 to 19. They were trying to kill one of each year. And they would record, audio record, them torturing and murdering girls. And so he played the audio tape that they had of evidence of uh, the one guy torturing him while the other guy drove, and then told him that the one guy got life without the possibility, but the one guy had uh, testified against the other one, and he had just recently been released from prison. I think he served like 20 years or something. And right around the time of Silence of the Lambs, he was released. Even though he took part in the killing, and they were, they were called the toolbox killers because they would use tools, like vice grips, screwdrivers, and stuff, to torture these girls. Right. For I think the the audio tape that they sent was like ninety minutes of them just torturing this girl and torturing her, and he played it. And from that point on, he was he was like I it completely flipped my judgment. He was like, and then I I was like, yeah, we need the death penalty. I mean, I just think there's so many different ways that you can look at this. You know, there's so many different ways that you can look at it, and that's why it's so controversial. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Um, I mean, there's, it's just so multifaceted. There's no black and white. There's no, no. and you know, and the, the fact of the matter is we don't know what people are capable of as far as change or we don't know why they are the way they are. So we can't, we can't say that we can or can't fix it or we can or can't rehabilitate someone or we can and can't whatever. I'm just saying there's so many facets I, to it. That's why I it's so agree, controversial. I agree with that. I agree with the fact that like we don't know if we can or can't fix it. Yeah. However, in this day and age, we can't. We don't know how to. We don't have that kind of, you know, whether it's medical knowledge or therapy knowledge to be able to and those type of people, the worst of the worst killers, I I feel like those are the type of people that you just have to put them down. Like they're a rabid dog. Because there is no fixing them. As a society, we don't know how to. We're not able to. And maybe 50 years, 100 years, you know, with like genetics and modern medicine and stuff, we'll be able to figure out what's wrong with them and be able to fix them and rehabilitate them. But at this day and age, like, we don't know how to, and those people can't be allowed to be alive. But will we know how to if we're not, like you had said, like, if they're not being studied, or they're not being, you know, interviewed, or they're not being psychoanalyzed, or, I mean, I don't know, whatever they do to people. Again, like I said, the worst of the worst. And people like Bundy, who are sexual sadists, who get off on the torture of their victims and prolong their 
their pain and stuff and try to keep them alive as long as possible to torture them those people you you have to just get rid of them where's the line drawn because someone's someone can be deemed dangerous and that could be fair right that's a fair judgment someone could be deemed dangerous and then any of them could escape so where do you draw the line and that's why i think things like this are so difficult is because the line is so difficult to draw i agree it is you know i think i think you need to look at the severity of what they've done and that's and not, all subjective, and not, too. Well, I mean, sexual sadism versus I know, but you're just... saying... I mean, I know, we're, you know, I think we're kind of speaking a little bit more generally now, and it's just, I'm just saying, like, you know, you can ask ten people how they interpret, you know, an mm-hmm. action or a sentence, and they're all going to respond to you in different ways. You know, some people are just going to take that sentence for what it is. Some people are going to say, well, what happened before? what caused this to be the way it is some people are going to interpret it you know everyone's going to interpret it differently and so even saying oh the worst of the worst of the worst there are still going to be people that disagree on who is the worst of the worst of the worst and maybe it is one of those things where like serial killers should be the ones and they get enough time with appeals and everything to where i mean you can have time to study them i mean bundy was nine years but that's quick they yeah. fast. They fast tracked him. I mean, I just I don't think they. There's, they Florida yeah. did everything that they could to rush his execution. I just don't think that there's there's no line. There's no line. There's no way that a line can be drawn, and someone's going to get the death penalty in one ca- in one state, whereas they wouldn't get the death penalty in another state. Well, there's, that's why I feel like it should maybe no, be a federal. I just don't uh, think there's any line to be drawn. Issue. I don't think there's any line to be drawn because I think with human beings, you just you can't draw lines. You can't draw lines. There's too many things to take into consideration when you're analyzing a person. And there's no line for that. At at least to my opinion. There's no line for that. Because the lens in which we all see things and the way we act and the way we behave and what we do is shaped by so much. You know? And like you're saying, it's, it's passed out so liberally. Like, I know that there's cases that I've heard of, you know, of people who have just gone through and been through so much trauma and just ended up in such horrible situations. And, you know, in one of the situations they found themselves in, you know, they were responsible for someone's death and now they're on death row. And it's like, how is that, you know, like, does that person have a line drawn underneath them? Well, they did it. They did it. So then this is the consequence of this exact thing. They crossed that line and this is the consequence. Do you just say, oh, let's just forget all of the, severe trauma this individual has been through do we just forget all of that you know what i mean like and especially if we're if we're trying to understand these people and why they are the way we do they are we can't exclude all of that other stuff and so it just grays it shades that gray even more it muddies the waters even more when you now have to go through and analyze this person's entire life like I agree that, like, you know, trauma should be taken into consideration. In a case like you just stated right there where, like, somebody has had, you know, whatever, family issues, trauma, and stuff like that, and they take somebody's life and stuff, they need to go to jail. They need to pay for what they've done. They've taken somebody's life. Uh, I don't think that that should be, you know, just a case right off the bat where it's like, no, they need to, to... you know, get the death sentence. And that's why I said, like, I think that it's used too liberally in this, in this country. 
but I think that there are cases of, like, if you murder, you know, 24 people over the course of, you know, five years or whatever, and you're out of it, like, absolutely, like, that is... I mean, I don't care about the trauma that you've had in your, like, you know, people make mistakes and stuff, but this is not a mistake that you've made. Like, you you kill because that's what you do. Yeah. But you made a good point saying, like, you know, could he have been studied? Could he have been, clearly he proved to be beneficial. Yeah. So what what is what is more, then it's weighing what's the benefit? What's the benefit of having this person alive? And do those risks outweigh the benefits? Like a small risk of him getting out as opposed to a benefit of, of years of, especially since he was, you know, saying like, yeah, this is what I would do. I mean, this is, you know, he's working with them and then they're able to understand people, these people who are severe outliers who we can't understand, but he can. You know what I mean? You study so them then, until they get their execution, and then you move on to the next one. It doesn't have to be the same. I mean, you want to get a fresh perspective from I know, a, but... a, a big sample size. So I think you study them all, but only until their time's up. And speaking of time being up, it's just about time for us to be, have our time up. It's time for me to go to bed. What it's time for. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, my series on Ted Bundy. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can uh, join the Facebook group at True Crime Truckers Podcast Group. You can email me at truecrimetruckerpodcast at gmail.com. You can... uh, Go to my webpage at www.ageofradio slash truecrimetrucker. Uh, there you can shop our bazaar, and you can also check out other shows on the Age of Radio Syndicate. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at michael.prit81. Also, uh, again, I've taken down my Patreon account. And I have uh, True Crime Trucker stickers that I am giving away for free. So if you just contact me in any of those social media groups and send me your shipping address, I will mail you out some True Crime Trucker stickers if you would like to have some. Uh, I will return again in two weeks with another case to present. So until then, stay safe. Bye.